Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates and they were talk roommates. about a new movie every week. This week on the show, it's our 69th episode ever. And to celebrate, we're talking about none other than Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Meet Paul Blart. Sorry about the test, Dad. I'm going to get him next year. I am. Here we go. Pie. It just fills the cracks of the heart. Go away, pain. He's always been dedicated. Paul Blart, Mall Cop. To protecting... We got a high roller. The West Orange Pavilion Mall. I'm afraid I'm going to have to issue a citation. Can you validate this? Sir, sir, I'm warning you, sir. Sir, sir, you're a nasty old man. As always, I'm the Corbin of Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, and joining me is my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, how are we doing today? Doing great, man. Another just electric intro intro from you, excuse me. And uh, yeah, I mean, just excited, man. The 69th episode, you know, we figured we'd do something special uh, based off our rating scale. But uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. And uh, we got a great guest and a, and a great movie. So I'm excited. Yeah, very excited to uh, welcome this special guest, the man who chose to talk about Paul Blart, uh, a fellow Boilermaker, as Cody and I both are. And a filmmaker and an actor in my short film, even maybe just a short cameo, uh, but a great performance. We're going to welcome to the show, Ben Smith. Ben, how are you doing, man? I'm great. And that makes me even more excited that this is the 69th episode and we're doing Paul Blair. I think it it just puts everything together for me. (laughs) It it really is perfect. And, you know, Ben reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and said, I want to come on the pod and I want to talk about Paul Blair. And I said, okay. We'll get you, but we got to wait for the 69th. So here we are, finally, <laughs> after uh, a couple months, honestly, we, we got was, you on. I was searching. I was searching to see if you had, because I was, I work at the Purdue Golf Course, and I was mowing, and I was getting tired of listening to music every day. So I started looking at your podcast, and I was trying to find Paul Blart, and I asked <laughs> you, and that's how it just came together that way. It's my fa- It might be my favorite comedy movie, at least. It's up there with Hoobie Halloween. Now, those are both questionable. Well, I mean, I guess we've, we've kind of already buried the little bit a little bit, but Ben, tell us, why why did you want to talk about Paul Blart? Why? 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 Well, why? There's those movies that you watch when you're a kid and you kind of you forget about them almost. And Grown Ups was the one that I didn't really forget about. And I kept with it, that and the blind side. But then... All of a sudden, I started seeing Paul Blart again, and I was like, "Yeah, I remember watch. I remember buying this at Best Buy on Blu-ray." <laughs> so I, I found it. I dug through a few boxes and found it, and started watching it again a few years ago, a few times. And I it just this—it's Kevin James's best film. He didn't have anything else. And just to take, they—they they did do the Seth the um, Seth Rogen parody, or they both they had the controversy that year about him coming up coming out with the same type of film yeah observe and report yeah but i think that's more of the stoners version of what paul blart is paul blart is the the happy madison family production that might not have a lot of uh, i don't know critiques as in like a film standard compared to like a drama or such but i think adam sandler creates these comedies that just help people be entertained and they just forget about something for even if it's just 90 minutes, but some people only have 90 minutes to get away from it. And it's, I mean, it's a family film, but there's so many underlyings that go through it to where I mean, it can be enjoyed. It's like a cartoon, but for adults almost. Uh, I'm a big American dad guy. And 
the comedy that they use in that, I see a little bit of it, just the satire of Paul Blart, because you'd never think, and he's not, you, know, you, you see the mall cop and you think, oh, well, he's just like a stoner, like he lives with his mom or something, but like Paul Blart does live with his mom, but he's also like 35, you know, this is his true passion, and just that, uh, <laughs> the sardonic quality in that just fucking gets me going, you know, like it just doesn't make any, who, who thought of that? Yeah, I, and I love that. And and go ahead and we'll we'll throw it into our initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam. You mentioned kind of like growing up with this movie, and it's one you kind of forgot about. I I echo that sentiment as well. And I when I was going to watch this movie, I like was struck with this memory from my childhood of in my elementary school. They used to do these like movie nights where they would, you know, on a Friday night or something, bring the kids in. They'd order Papa John pizza. You get one or two slices. And you'd like sit on the floor in our cafeteria and they just project a movie on the wall. And honestly, like maybe that's some of where my like early love for movies kind of came from. But I like remember only a few movies. They did it all the time, but I only remember a couple movies. And I'm pretty positive that Paul Blart was one of them. Uh, I think I, I was thinking and I think Tron, uh, the new Tron movie in like 2013, maybe was also in there. And then some uh, horse movie. <laughs> those, are, those are the three I remember seeing. But uh, Cody, I, I'd love to throw it over to you to, to you know, in rewatching this movie, kind of what did you think of it initially? You know, the funny enough, the first time I saw it as well, I, I was a, a kid as well. And I think I, I don't know what store it was. It's either like family video or, or something similar. And the whole family went there because it was movie night. And we were picking a movie. And um, I really wanted to pick Paul Mart. <laughs> Paul Blart. I can't even talk about it. Paul Blart Malka. I really wanted to watch that one. So that's what we went with. And then right when it ended, I was like, okay, like that was okay. Like I was a kid, you know, whatever. And um, my mom and my uncle turned to me and they say, that was the worst movie <laughs> they've ever seen. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh childhood wise you know it, it does have like a, a fun memory i think because evidently my family didn't like it but i was a big fan at the time and um you know on rewatch this is only i think this is like the second maybe the third time i've seen it i've been seeing it for a while so it's it's been a bit i think it's okay you know it has its moments where you know the physical comedy is funny um and you get a chuckle out of me on on most things like I said, it's like a Happy Madison production. I mean, the main goal of the film is just take your mind off, you know, pretty much anything for an hour and a half. And I think it does that pretty well. There's a lot of like story beats and stuff we'll get into, I'm sure, as it goes along that I don't think are great. And, um, you know, I wanted to point out off the top as well, I think the cast is is pretty interesting just because when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, I know like this guy from that thing. I know her from this. I know her from that. But when the credits rolled, I didn't know any of the names. So it's kind of like... They're recognizable faces from like comedy movies, but not necessarily famous actors. Right. It's not like, you know, an A-list cast, but it does have good actors, I think. A lot of that guys and that girl. Exactly. It seems that that, like in those early 2010s, there was a lot of movies like this that came out. And it was just the same people. Different groups. Yeah. Like there's like five or six different groups of comedians that would just do movies rather than like the new era of SNL almost, but through, and I think Adam Sandler somewhat started that with some of his stuff, like Big Daddy and Happy Gil. Like he took Absolutely. SNL for the film world almost. Well, the Blues Brothers started that, but. True. And uh, this movie, um, maybe I should save this for the Academy later, but I think this might be one of the worst movies ever to produce a sequel, if I'm being honest. Well, <laughs> you'd be surprised. 
it's not as much of the story itself as in just him. You know, it's just him. Like he, he'll do the slightest little thing in a scene that's awful, but the way he just acts makes it funny. Yep, I do agree with that. I think Kevin James is is by far the best part of this movie, and I, I think sometimes the writing doesn't help him out. But I, I do generally think like he's pretty funny. In this movie. Well, it's always people probably have always. I mean, at least I have wondered what is the life of the mall cop that I see in the mall. You know, and the malls were still pretty frequent back then, and they. <laughs> This is someone's take on what they think a 35-year-old mall cop's life is. And then they throw it to the point to where it almost seems impossible for something to happen. But the origin story of Paul Blart seems to be something that everyone kind of wants to know at least once in their life. Like Even if you just go into lids and you just happen to see a guy standing there at the Wetzel Pretzel or whatever. But, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and something you mentioned there is just this idea of malls in general. And, and we've talked about this with other movies on the podcast before, but like this very much is like a relic of the time it came out. First of all, like malls have <laughs> fell in their popularity. Uh, you go to the Muncie Mall right now back home and there's like three stores left and it is a sad place. I don't even know if they have enough people in there to, to afford a mall cop. And then the other thing is this dude doesn't even have a cell phone. Like, can you imagine that? Like an adult person not having a cell phone now? It, just another example of it kind of being a relic. And then the other thing is this movie made $183 million at the box office. And while they don't even really make movies like this, definitely not ones that get released in theaters. Maybe you see some on streamers. But I cannot imagine a movie like this making $183 million at the box office or even... 83 million dollars the box office today it, so yeah. just kind of a, a little bit of a you know the way the industry has changed in the last you know 15 the or so era, years the era of the paul blart even just adam sandler almost is gone if you're talking going to the movie theater for it because it seems the movie theater is now made for those movies that everybody wants to see because that's i mean not many people go anymore because of all the streaming services so you get marvel or you still have your rom-com and I think there's a lot of dramas that get put out there, but they have to be, it's, it's like they're too perfect almost now. Yeah. And this was them making a film. Like this is back. Like this probably like was from movie when movies started to where streaming services started. Paul Blart, I think was like one of those last ones that was just, they just throw it out there and see how it turns out, you know, because everyone was going. It did great. And, you know, Cody said the sequel, this movie yeah. is a terrible movie to, the sequel the sequel made a hundred million dollars too so like and was still critically panned like can you imagine that <laughs> yeah and that's the reason it got a sequel is because it made so much money and um to bounce off that too i think like a lot of the comedy movies nowadays they're going straight to netflix it seems like just because adam sandler has like this 20 picture deal that he, he does with them and they gave him like a billion dollars or some crap <laughs> so i think like that's his focus and he's like I mean, he produced this movie. He was a, a major beat in it, I think. Happy Madison Productions kind of has focused more to Netflix, it seems. So I would like to see more movies like this in theaters. Obviously, you know, more in tune with, with the modern day and modern film. But it is kind of sad that everything's stuck on, on streaming now. Oh, yeah, it's, it is. Because, I mean, hell, there's bars in movie theaters now. I don't, I don't get that. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's <laughs> just keep the popcorn and candy and study you know like why do we have to take it to this next level of class and even the lounge chairs i think are too much part of going to the movie is being uncomfortable you have to focus on the movie if you're too comfortable you're not going to focus but i mean yeah adam said, and i don't know how we've waited this long to have you on i'm just going to say that I, know. I was thinking that i have a lot of you know like people have shower thoughts or whatever 
I have mowing thoughts. I said, Oh, I know. <laughs> I think about it all fucking day long. But Adam Sandler is kind of a Martin Scorsese in a way. He, okay. I, cause he took his comedy and he just made his own thing. I mean, the Happy Madison Productions, he made his own thing and he took who he wanted into it and he pretty much just built his own community of movies and he just, he's, he's the leader and he's just in charge of all that. I think he's a genius the way he's done it. I mean, Eddie Murphy didn't do that. I mean, they're, they're probably toe-in-toe with the ones that are still alive that are making, I mean, he doesn't make many movies at all anymore and the last ones he did make were not that good. Yeah. I think Dave was kind of his is falling off almost or the one where you couldn't talk because the tree leaves yeah i mean adam sandler has been rather financially successful and he's gotten to hang out and make movies with his his best friends for the last 20 years so uh, i mean you can't really complain about that at all no i think kevin james has fallen off in the past 10 years i think his little sean payton movie that they did make on netflix is not not good (laughs) comedian he is not a drama actor he should just stay in one realm yeah that was a to, to talk about that movie for a second, that strange thing to make even a movie about just Sean Payton as a person and, and kind of the subject matter of that. Um, but even beyond that, just not a, not a great movie. It was better. The whole, the whole news and politics and controversy like that happened to him. It's kind of just sublined the entire time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's like the whole point yeah, of the yeah, movie. They don't really talk about it much, you know, it, for those of, for those listening that don't know, it's following his like suspension from the NFL. Like he, is not allowed to be a coach for a whole year. So he goes and, and coaches little kids. But like the fact that he's kind of suspended is, is like you said, mostly brushed over and, and definitely not really. Yeah, if you like came into it 30 minutes in, you wouldn't even know that he was suspended. You just see this dad trying to get his son's love back, you know, that's yeah. all the, which that, I mean, that's a whole other psychological thing. <laughs> Any other initial thoughts before we move on? Well, I guess this kind of has something to do with the real credits, but when he comes out on his segue, out of his garage my one thought is how far is his house from the mall yeah. <laughs> like, it's got to be close there's no way it's more than like five miles <laughs> that'd be impossible that's yeah, I'm not, maybe they didn't they didn't consider but it's something that gets people thinking I'm not sure about the street legality of a Segway as well <laughs> like you know for a guy who wants to be a cop so bad i don't think he'd be <laughs> driving a Segway. you have to put a license plate on it while it's on the street and then take it off once it gets into the mall needs a turn signal <laughs> there's, there's a lot of questions you with them every day like yeah you know well you can do the hands for the for the turn signal mm. we used to do that on the farm it was <laughs> some of the most redneck shit i've done <laughs> All right, let's move on to roll credits. Roll credits. Cody, I want to I want to hear from you first. Uh, what do you think? Paul Blart, Mall Cop, good title? Yeah, and that was the main thing I wanted to hit on was the title itself. In the past, we've done, you know, similar movies where the title is just like the main character's name. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, even like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's close enough. I think it's lazy. I don't really like it. I think for this, it does work a little bit more just because of the colon and then it gives you more of a, uh, you know, description. Paul Blart, Mall Cop. But in general, I'd say, you know, I don't really like the title. You could have named this pretty much anything at all about mall cops, and you don't really need Paul Plart. I guess it's kind of a funny name, but uh, roll credits-wise, I'd say it's pretty weak. I think the main thing I want to talk about is just how awful of a a name is Blart. Like, can you (laughs) imagine being named? I mean, listen, obviously, he's got his weight issues, but... It's it's not surprising that uh, he's being bullied with with an unfortunate name such as Paul Blart. I don't think it's that bad. I think Blart, you know, kind of sounds dumb. 
but I mean, I feel like in movies we've seen a lot worse names than uh than Paul Blart. But uh, yeah, you know, probably not a great situation growing up. Uh, but Polly, he did all right. He turned out okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with you on that because he is a 35 year old overweight mall cop. I don't think his childhood had much confidence in it. At least he he loves he loves his peanut butter pie. We can, well normal pie with peanut butter on top of it. We we can give him that. But I, the name itself. It's the movie, just as blunt as it is. I mean, I get like I it's very know. memorable too. Like Paul Blart, like everybody knows Paul. Oh yeah, Blart. like it's it's signified. Paul's already a name that you're gonna remember, and then you just make up Blart. <laughs> it's so <laughs> odd that someone's gonna remember it. You know? Yeah. Uh, we would throw a middle initial in there. That's that's what I would. What would it be? Paul J. Blart, you know? I was thinking that, too. <laughs> For some reason, that was the first letter that came to my head. Yeah, J would be good. I think K would be good, too, on, on the cap team. Paul K. Blart. Either K or J, just because of Kevin James. Just to where he could have got his own little taste thrown in there. <laughs> if he would have had a handlebar mustache, I feel like it would have made it a little bit better. Well, yeah, the one that goes down like this, you know? The, the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the... <laughs> A true handlebar. Yeah. I think that would have made it look like he loved UFC, but he actually didn't know he was. <laughs> it just sort of he would have it would have looked like he was trying harder for people to take him seriously if he would have had that rather than just the mustache that a lot of people kind of have. True. Extend the stash. That's what I say. Always. <laughs> but if he didn't have stash, then he would no one would have no one would have watched the film. If he didn't have any facial hair, no one would have watched that film. That's, that's true. true. It, it does make a great poster. Because, I mean, uh, the regular mustache, it's stereotypical for a cop to have that, you know. So it does put that in there where he's like, I, I want to be a cop, but I just can't. I can't seem to finish for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, maybe we'll talk about that. <laughs> Let's move on to the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, let's start with the good stuff. Uh, I'll get us started. Something, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. And while there definitely is a lot of like humors about him being fat and a lot of fat jokes, I was actually surprised that there wasn't more. Like I, in my memory, I expected there to be just like fat jokes nonstop. And I I was kind of pleasantly surprised that it is there, but it's relatively subdued. And then the other thing that Cody said is just like, this movie is just kind of okay like it's a pretty average movie it's a fun watch it's 90 minutes you can sit down have a couple chuckles enjoy the laugh finish the movie and kind of just move on right like it, it doesn't necessarily stick with you in any particular way but it also doesn't you know it's not a bad movie like I, it's decently made like everybody that involved knew how to make a movie how to like make audio work and shoot a scene and it, it just kind of works it's not the movie the movie's bad but Paul Blart himself is beautiful. He just can't top. It's it's him. It's just the whole character profile on him. And I look at it more. I like the character profiles more than the movies themselves sometimes. And this is one of the because he just continuously makes me laugh. It's not. I'm not laughing at the storyline. The storyline seems almost impossible for that to. I mean, for him to be able to save. I mean, he's the hero. You know, it's almost like a like a ballad in essence, or like a like Gilgamesh. mythological tale yeah like I, they kind of twist that into it almost not on, i highly doubt it was on purpose but <laughs> the impossible is achieved through this mall cop 
saving the day. It's like it's like Mario, you know. He's, he's like a mall cop Mario almost. True. That's and uh, to to fast forward for recast, we should just bring Chris Pratt in to, to reboot this franchise. Speaking of Mario, but, um, I do agree with both you guys. Um, I think the character of uh, you know Paul Blart is the best thing in this movie. But I also agree with Corbin that this is not a great movie. Specifically, what I like. Uh, there's a couple of tiny things. First off, the actor. I don't even know if you guys know who this is. It's a Steven Renazi. Is I believe that's his name. It's the guy from The League. And it's the guy who like rats him out about the cell phone. Just the, he's a complete dick in the movie. Stuart. Yeah, Stuart. <laughs> so somehow he makes enough money selling pins. <laughs> to buy a Camry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he has a character where those are like completely popular. I think his character is the best in the movie, and uh, that's my best performance by far. Uh, if you haven't seen The League, check it out. Uh, that, that actor is also great in that show. But uh, the one other thing I wanted to point out that I really like, Rainforest Cafe. What a setting for a fight scene. I don't think he gets much better than that, honestly. And uh, I was, if I could add one thing, I'd want them to do like the lightning and thunder effects. Uh, a little bit more, you know, play on that rainforest cafe. But uh, I don't know why it took so long to get a fight scene in, in the rainforest. So but those are my best things by far. I think it puts the best performance of a TGI Fridays in a movie. And I'm, I'm even beating out the Zuki. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it basically is a TGI Fridays where he gets shit faced in. But that, I mean, everyone goes to TGI Fridays, you know, they're in the mall, at least in the Indianapolis mall. I remember going to it. <laughs> Very true. And, you know, kind of going, talking about that scene a little bit, there, there's no vomit in this movie, right? Cody, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no vomit scene. Yeah. I didn't see any. So that's surprising. That is like a, I'm going to say that's a great thing because I feel like so many like 2000 comedies, especially where there's a scene where a character gets like wasted and has, he chugs like two cups of margarita and he had never drank before. It would be so easy for them to go with the cheap, let's have him puke all over the place or let's have a big vomit and they don't do it. And I, I kind of respect that because I, I typically find that to be pretty boring and like not that funny when that happens in movies. Um, so I got to give shouts to this movie for not, not going for the vomit gag. As much yeah. as the image is destroyed throughout the film, he didn't. They don't stoop that low. He refused to do that. Yeah, he just freaks out on stage. I think that's such a better way to put that than, than making him throw up. It was set up. one makes you look like you drank too much. One makes you look like a bitch. You know? <laughs> and uh, it, it was set up, I feel like, for them to do a, a vomit scene. I was kind of expecting it. I thought it was about to like, happen. Yeah, when he's laying on the floor and it was like spitting, I was like, oh, here comes the projectile. But, uh, you know, they, they said, we're not going to do it. They said, we're not going to stoop that low, I guess, so respect respect to uh what's the director name steve carr steve carr i thought i thought for a second it was going to be steve carell and then just turned out to be steve carr so shout out that man any other good things guys the, the montage you, you can't you can't get rid of the montage True. i don't know how much they had to pay kiss for that but that, <laughs> that, that might be the best scene or at least it ties a lot of things together yeah i mean the other thing i want to say like paul blart low-key kind of a badass throughout this movie it's weird because like they have to like set it up of like he's a loser and like he can't get into the police academy but the only reason he couldn't get in is because he like forgets to eat a candy bar like he's doing flips off of a, a rope swing he's climbing walls i mean he proves it again at the end of the movie like he he's he's kind of an he's a beast it's like a it's like a parody of die hard well yeah absolutely yeah it 100 is and that's 
kind of, I guess let's, let's move on to the bad. I guess the one thing I would say, it yeah. is, it is very clearly like a parody of Die Hard. It's a it's one man fights, you know, a group of terrorists. And uh, that yeah. in the air vent and it, and it fails for him while being in the air vent. Set during the holidays, this Thanksgiving, but you know, similar idea. Cody, do you have uh, any other bad things you want to talk about? Yeah, I have a couple of big ones. <laughs> so, the first one I think is really funny, and I'm not sure why they made this choice. Maybe you guys can help me out. But uh, the bad guys, for some reason, they just all do parkour. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't <laughs> And skateboard. Yeah, and they have skateboards and bikes, too. So it's just what, like the most hip you know, millennials I've ever seen try and rob a mall. And uh, I think the director, Derek Carr, maybe has a certain feeling about these types of individuals. You just said Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever his name is. You throw in some footballs? Steve Carr, whatever. Steve Carr. Shout out Stevie. But uh, yeah, why do, why do you guys think they all know parkour? I, I'm very confused by this. The villains are the worst part of the movie. Even, Absolutely. Even Bobby Cavanaugh, who plays the the SWAT team leader, uh, he <laughs> a Shyamalan. He, I, I don't like him. I don't like it. He tries to be a comedian, but he's just that guy that everybody remembers. Like everybody knows a guy like that that's just a huge douchebag, and you just can't get along with him. Like he's just not a good person. That he's involved in it makes sense. Like how was that never settled? But I think that was the era though too for like a loser villain to kind of be seen it was that punk rock type of thing i guess i don't really know what it would be seen as now but i think they should have included wheelies at least <laughs> or heelies yeah <laughs> they should have they should have thrown some heelies on them that would have really tied things together i think they should have advertised heelies at that point like uh, why not just just get a nice nice close-up b-roll of a heely going across the across the ground I, I think in all honesty, it was like, well, Paul Blart has a segue. So like, what do we give the villains to like kind of make even the playing field, which I, all in all, like you said, the villains are the worst part of the movie. Their plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why would you not just wait until the mall closes? Like they wait like right as the mall is closing and then they kick everybody out and get hostages. But like you have a guy on the inside who could get you in. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then I think it's a, interesting twist i don't really know if it like lays the groundwork for the twist to happen like it kind of just happens and you're like what <laughs> that's weird um but you know they they got to throw a twist in there like cody said shamalan-esque right uh, not to it, mention it is- their names are named after reindeer and it's thanksgiving or it's well it has a little Black bit friday of- yeah so we'll give it the- <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out uh i believe what bobby can of yeah He's in Ant-Man and the Wasp, or just Ant-Man too, I guess, which is what I know from. But uh, yeah, no, that, that twist was my second big thing I did want to talk about. I feel like it's not set up at all. You know, it's kind of this guy Kevin James went to high school with, whatever, kind of like the bully arc. So you kind of want to make him the bad guy at the end for some reason. But then he gets like his hand shot. Nothing really happens. Also, like, why are they going to the Cayman Islands? And why are they taking the hostages with them? Uh, <laughs> That's where you go when you've stolen some money, man. You go to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> I guess. But, uh, yeah, Bobby Cannavale, not a great, you know, thought out plan. But, you know, respect for the Shyamalan twist, at least, I guess. But, yeah. I think it's the fact that see the Cayman Islands. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. I don't know what it is, but like you just think, all right, they're just escaping to an island paradise. That's, that's immediately where your brain goes on that. <laughs> it's a it's great marketing for the Cayman Islands, though. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> Good shout out for them. Hey, the pictures on Google look fantastic. 
speaking of you know another setting this movie is set in new jersey and as, as somebody who is is currently a resident of new jersey this is you know i guess a new quintessential text for my life is is paul blart mall cop which i guess is i'm gonna say that's a bad thing <laughs> it could go either way really i wouldn't carry it around with you now <laughs> I, I won't tell too many people only the the people i really trust uh anybody have jersey and they're gonna love you if you say you like paul blart (laughs) (laughs) true true all right let's uh let's hit the ugly and obviously like this category can kind of go anywhere i my my take here is the the whole way that they get the people at the end is because uh i don't remember his name but the boyfriend character uh hood is tracking his girlfriend's cell phone and i'm gonna say that that's kind of messed up you know he he was just he was he had constant tracking of his girlfriend's cell phone i don't even think she knew about it i think she she's completely unsuspecting and for that to be kind of the thing that saves your movie i i get why they set it up because they need a solution at the end but you know maybe don't do that a little stalkerish what what do you guys think it's undiscussed like no one no one even notices it it's just (laughs) that's okay that's how it's like oh cool yeah that's how we figure out like the solution to our problem like it's all right that behood's just out here madly in love with this girl i would say more obsessed at this point but also the, the ugly for me is the sadness of paul blarter mm. his whole his whole life has been a shit show and then all of a sudden it, 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 it like it was like destiny finally called to him there's there's a painting somewhere in some church or cave that just spoke out that this was going to happen to mr paul blarter but it's, it's just everyone has given him shit his entire life. And that's kind of the part that I think sad. And even w- they set it up for that. Thing. Like, it's, it's like a Charlie Chaplin style to where you just make fun of the fat guy who has no respect the entire time. And then finally, he finds a way to win it over with everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's like nobody has respect for this guy until he saves everybody's life. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I've been a good guy this entire time. And everyone's just pushed me off. And then when I do the right thing, because it's the right thing to do, then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't pay attention to you before just because you're overweight. Like, that's that's the bottom line. Yeah. But and- I, I, thought that was, I thought that was great the way they did it. It was almost a – with that being said, I guess that's less of an ugly, but – well, and something that I really like is at the end of the movie, he gets offered the chance to be, you know, a cop or whatever and, and live out his dream. And he turns him down. And I, I think that's I think that's a good move at, at the end of this film. Cody's shaking his head. He was to do what he wanted. I mean, like he finally realized, oh, maybe I'm just I'm the mall cop. Yeah. Cody, you got a you got a problem with that? Yeah, I disagree with that decision. I'll get to that a little bit later on. But um, shout out, shout out, Polly. I think, you know, everybody else kind of projected this ugliness on him uh, like you guys are saying uh but he kind of did it to himself too and i kind of just wanted to shout out the two tattoos that he got super quick i don't know which one's uglier without a boat on it but i'd say the loch ness monster one is pretty bad the eagle or whatever it was it looked like it had a little bit more work for it oh man that loch ness monster tattoo just bad the tagline's great though I, I don't drink. That's it. That's all I said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good line. Um, and then the other ugly I did want to shout out, I think the treatment of uh, the female lead was not the best. And let, let me look up her name as well. It's uh, Jayma Hayes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know her from other stuff. I don't know what it is. She's been in a bunch of crap. Maybe Smurfs too. I don't know. <laughs> she's just kind of like, again, she's just one of those people that kind of appears in a lot of stuff. 
and it's just like, kind I know of like who around. That is. She's a very yeah. memorable voice, memorable face. So yeah, but she's she in Glee. No That's she was in Glee for a while, but yeah, you probably, I never saw it. Yeah, no. but uh, the thing is, in this movie, she's also in the league, Cody. <laughs> oh, she's in the league. That's probably what I know her from. Yeah, yeah, that is what I know. Uh, good league uh, crossover here with Paul Blart. Probably not great for the league. But anyway, <laughs> in this movie, I think um, she's kind of given nothing to do. And uh, her lines are minimal. Kind of tough because I do like this actress. I think I like seeing her maybe interact more. You know, maybe not with Paul, but with other people would be interesting. And uh, you kind of just don't really see that. So that's kind of a bummer. But uh, I think it's kind of just, like we were saying before, a movie of its time maybe mid-2000s, they're not going to care too much about, you know, that side of things. And they just want to focus more on, you know, physical comedy and all that good stuff. I think it gives, maybe people don't see this way, but I think it gives so much hope. You know, like, (laughs) talk about the impossible thing, but, like, really, the whole entire movie seems somewhat impossible. That, like, he would get the girl, but also the girl sells wigs. It It ties in what a mall is. It might be the best mall movie other than Stranger Things. (laughs) <laughs> we'll bring them all but it's a good point uh we might maybe it'll uh, come up in awards later uh let's move on to our uh, weird movie details trivia naked grandma naked huh i'll kick us off and uh this week i just want to test your guys knowledge of you know some in-depth details so uh the first question is uh, what two games does paul play in the arcade while uh, you know the bad guys are taking over the mall, um, and I'm not giving any options because it's not that hard. Uh, it's the the hurdles. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the name of it, but it's him running, <laughs> which I've never seen a game. He's yelling foul every time he, <laughs> he doesn't jump over him. And then, I mean, of course, I don't know if it's Rock Band or Guitar Hero, but it's one of the two. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I did look it up. I believe it's Rock Band. So. Uh, Good trivia there, though. A couple of decent games. You know, I did try and look up more of the hurdles. I, I couldn't even – I had to go on the, uh, YouTube to look up the clip of it. It's not a real game, obviously, and uh, it's never been in any arcade, I don't believe. So, <laughs> looks like a fun game, though. Not for Kevin James. But, uh, yeah, a couple of good games there. Uh, ben, you want to take – you got a question for us? I have one. All right, let's hear it. What type of hot sauce was Paul Blart given by Leon? The hot sauce salesman. Hmm. Also, sh- shout out uh, Leon real quick. Underrated character, I think. I think uh gets a lot of laughs out of me. But uh, he definitely for- won the nacho contest. Oh, <laughs> easy. Uh, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but uh, I have no idea. Corbin, do you have any thoughts on this? I, can't I mean, remember. maybe I'll just I'll throw out some habanero. <laughs> would be my guess. <laughs> it's it's a very Adam Sandler title. Okay, I, I I gotta admit I didn't look at it. So what's the title? Devil's Crotch. Dev- oh yes, Devil's Crotch. Of course. He takes I- it up and then he. Which, if we want to talk about that, like I think he would have had a more severe reaction to hot sauce in the eye. Like he yeah. he turns away, he's like he blinks a little bit, and he's like, "Oh, I'm fine." He's <laughs> like, "You shitting me?" Pretty much, or even just his character to begin with, like Vic Sims. You know, like he's yeah. welcome to the show. <laughs> I've felt that before. Like you, you teach a new person how like your job works, and then just the pure embarrassment that Paul Blart feels when he realizes, oh, this guy's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> like just some guy that needed to become a like I'm not his mentor anymore. He's my 
he's my arch nemesis, you know, almost. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the classic tale of the, you know, the, the apprentice turning into the, uh, to your enemy. So <laughs> got to respect that art. <laughs> it's time for it to build up though. It wasn't like Anakin. <laughs> on. It was just straight. I got this job. So I 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And yeah. suddenly this dude's a bad guy. He does protect Paul a few times from the pin salesman. We will give it that. He does stand up to him. And the pin salesman, I think, gets the worst bit of that. So, well, that's the thing, because he seems like a good guy at first. I'm and then... He's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he is a good guy. You know, money corrupts people. Maybe he just he just needs some money. $30 million, I mean. Or he's just a great actor. He's a great actor within an actor, maybe. You know what? That That's definitely... It, it seems like he might have taken a few acting classes and realized, okay, maybe I need to start robbing malls. <laughs> I think that's a pretty pretty easy arc um my my question does have to do with the director of the movie steve carr he's he did a lot of these family type comedy movies but notably before paul blart he directed a lot of like the sequels of more popular comedy movies so which of these sequels did he not direct so did he not direct next friday which is the sequel to friday <laughs> dr doolittle 2 coming back to Eddie Murphy, Are We Done Yet, which is the sequel to Are We There Yet, and Daddy Day Camp, which is the sequel to Daddy Day Care. So which one did he not direct? What do you guys think? I'm going to have to go with Daddy Day Care or da- the Daddy Day Care one. That's a good one. My thought, for some reason, went to, uh, what's the Ice Cube one? Where- <laughs> Are We Done Yet? <laughs> yeah, that one. And next Friday, I think, right? <laughs> are we done yet i feel like yeah for some reason that one stuck out to me so i'll go with that well ben is right and cody is wrong it is daddy day camp that movie cody was directed by none other than friend of the pod fred savage oh really Freddy boy oh but it doesn't even have eddie murphy in it does it no it, uh, daddy day camp is it's it's really just kind of like a spinoff but it's like in the same oh. universe he did however steve carr did direct daddy daycare so he did direct the first one of those i remember watching the 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 sequel came out somewhat recently didn't it um well they did like i think they've done like a more recent remake as well um daddy day camp came out in 2007 um but they've done like in the last couple years i mean they did like the cheaper by the dozen reboot they've done they've done a ton of it's with kuba gooding jr rather than eddie murphy Mm, yeah yeah that's a whole difference that's a step down. That's a big Not step even down. Close to the same. <laughs> you can't do that. Like you, yeah. Cody, what's your uh, second question? Yeah, my second question. It's a good one. You guys are gonna like it. Uh, how many times does Paul pass out from lack of sugar? Looking for an exact number here. Go deep in my brain to think about this. <sighs> I mean, it's not a lot, actually. I feel like. Um, I'm going to say four times. What do you think, Ben? Ben, what are we thinking? Yes, three. But <laughs> I'm feeling more like it's five. Oh, wow. I'll give you both guesses because they're both wrong. Um, so it, it actually turns out to be two. Um, so basically at the beginning, obviously. And then the, the end. montage. And then, no, and then the radio as well where he has to eat the, yeah, uh, yeah. the popsicle on the ground. So that's two. And then at the end, he does fall down, but it's actually just a fake out. So it doesn't count. Oh, yeah. 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 So it was a trick question. So, Ben, it, I mean, you were pretty much right with three because he did fall down a third time. 
but uh, technically, you know, the answer is two. So. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking because they talk about it a lot. Like it, get, it keeps uh, getting brought up. It's like, oh, this is going to obviously be important in the climax of the movie. He's going to pass out, and well, he does. Of course. And honestly, it's kind of like good awareness for you know, it, it's not diabetes, but it, it's something hypoglycemia. Yeah, hypoglycemia. So shout out to everyone who's got hypoglycemia. If you're listening, you know, give us a, a little message saying you know, respect and everything. But shout out to everyone with hypoglycemia. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Let's move on to Welcome to the Academy. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. The category where we give real and fake awards to this movie. Ben, I'll throw it over to you first. What, what award do you want to give Paul Blart Mall Cop? Best Mall Cop movie. And then I have another one. Best representation of a TGI Friday style <laughs> restaurant in a film. Maybe a, maybe even a third best movie that talks about a mall. This is the best small movie of all. That's small movie. That's small movie. There are some. I mean, I yeah, I'm picking it. I, I think it's up there. I think there are some decent mall movies. Uh, mall Rats is a good one. A great Stan Lee cameo. But yeah, I, I do agree with Moses. I mean, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> True. That's actually a very good one. I didn't think about that. But uh, best mall cop movie, I mean, it's definitely better than the sequel. So I'll, I'll get it. It is better than Observe and Report as well. So, yeah. So that's an easy, easy dub there, I'd say. Observe and Report, dude, I don't even think it's close. No, I, 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 I like Seth Rogen. I, that movie's not very good. No, that was kind of when he wasn't making many good films, like Knocked Up, not the great, not the greatest film. Yeah. I mean, ebbs and flows, right? Everybody has, has their moments. Um, I want to say this is the, the best movie featuring a segue. And I, I, I want to ask you guys, do you think this movie started the segue craze? Or do you think it was a result of the, the segue craze? Because maybe it's a chicken or the egg situation. But I'm, I'm curious what your guys' <laughs> thoughts on your, your memories of, ever, of the late 2000s. something new comes out, everyone wants to ooh and awe at it. And what people are already thinking when they saw it in the malls they once you put it in the movie they're like oh wow i know what that is and then they hell you could just even laugh just because he's driving a segway when he tries to pull over the guy in in the wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) if it had lights on it it would have made it even better and maybe like he had a little little microphone or he had a little radio (laughs) he could talk to him but that is a great bit i I love that bit where he's like just pulling over a guy in the wall could have made the segway better (laughs) That's why I to go back to Carl's question. I hope that this movie didn't start a, a segue craze, but maybe it did. Um, I know it started it for me. I saw a video of uh, a chimpanzee riding a segue. Possibly Corbin can edit in that video now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. It's probably the chicken from the egg, like you said. Chimpanzee riding on a segue. Chimpanzee riding on a segue. Chimpanzee riding on a segue. Bam, 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 bam. Hey, that'll be an exclusive for our video watchers. Audio listeners, you're missing out on the on the chimp riding a Segway right now. Oh, it's good. it's good. I can find the video for you pretty easy. But I do have a couple of words. We've kind of hit on most of them already. Uh, first off, I said this is probably the best movie with the hot sauce to the eye shot. Uh, it's probably pretty hard to combat that. Uh, secondly, best car- best marketing for the Cayman Islands ever in movie. So shout out to Cayman Islands. I don't know why, but I think that's hilarious. They use that constantly. 
And then lastly, which may be more debate, but uh, are these the dumbest movie criminals of all time? Uh, I think it's close. My second option would definitely be the Wet Bandits. Shout out Home Alone, Home Alone 2. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. These guys are, are pretty dumb. So I'll, I'll probably have to give them the crown. I'm glad you brought up uh, Home Alone there, Cody, because it's something I wanted to hit on. We, when we said Die Hard, this is kind of like Die Hard and Home Alone meet a little bit. Um, there's definitely twinges of that Home Alone. I mean, it's set during the holidays and there's kind of like, because he does like the, he, I mean, he sets up a bomb in the Rainforest Cafe kitchen. Like he kind of has these little <laughs> shenanigans that he does that, that are like a little over the top to, to take down these criminals, but it, it's, it's fun stuff. Yeah, he said, he said booby traps sometimes, which is very Kevin McAllister. So uh, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that either, but there are kind of similarities there. And set, set during the holidays, of course. Um, the other award that I want to shout out is best back tattoo of a bird. Now there's, there's one other contender and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Ben Affleck back tattoo. Have you guys seen this? The, the Phoenix tattoo? Oh, in real life, right? Yeah. 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 His real life. <laughs> ben, have you seen this? I have not. All right. I'm going to share my screen <laughs> so you can. <laughs> you really want me to see it? I want you to experience uh, this. Really uh, this is his actual okay. tattoo. This is actually on the back of uh, good old Ben Affleck. And yeah, if you're uh, listening, uh, just go look. It just up Google right Ben Affleck bat well. tattoo. This is this is what it looks like. Oh. Big old phoenix on his back. Uh, uh, he probably doesn't want to admit it. I think he's a giant Paul Blart fan. <laughs> I. Why? Why? It's gotta be. No, it can't be real. There's no way he did that. No, that's a hundred percent real. <laughs> I mean, if you make that much money at that point, yeah, I guess you can do whatever you want. So who's is better? Is is Paul Blart's better or is Ben Affleck's better? Let's, let's, we got to decide. It's Paul Blart's. I kind of agree. Yeah. Paul, <laughs> the Eagle is cooler. cooler. Yeah, they're both bad, but <laughs> I take I take Paul when he did the lead. I take the Loch Ness monster over Ben. You yeah, know, that's saying a lot. So it it reignited the Loch Ness monster by him getting that on his back. <laughs> Shout out, Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make other- a movie about it at some point. I think before this. It wasn't that good. There is when CGI was really getting into itself, you know, like Polar Express and stuff. But shout out, shout out Cayman Islands. That's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> shout out the Cayman Islands. Let's take a trip down there with our with all our ad <laughs> revenue, Cody. <laughs> Say less. All right, let's move on to invite, fight, and night. I dump thee. So William the category where uh, similar to Mary fuck kill where we invite somebody on the podcast we fight somebody and then we knight somebody as our as our best friend our right hand man let's start with invite Ben who would you want to have on a podcast who would you want to talk to from this Leon moment? 100% Leon I just want to know what the hot sauce guy has to say <laughs> I, I always I mean the guy with the hot sauce they're definitely always the characters the people you want to talk to if, you, if you're into hot stuff drip First off, he'd be coming in looking clean. He'd have free hot sauce. So then we'd have probably have buffalo wings or nachos or something that'd be sponsored by his hot sauce just to get him some more recognition. And I, I think he sees everything and I think he listens to everything. So he'd have the whole gossip about the entire mall. Yep. I completely agree. That was that was actually my pick, was was Leon as well. So to bounce off that, like you said, he's like a competitive eater almost. So if we're doing a pod, this guy's going to be sending us like his hot sauce, like you said. Maybe even some food is on its way. We're basically going to do a Hot Ones episode. 
Pretty much. And he's a serious <laughs> man. Like, he doesn't fuck around. Like, he takes this shit seriously. Oh, yeah. And I kind of just want to hear him talk because every, like, line he has in this movie, it's kind of just, like, out of bounds of something, like, I wouldn't expect this guy to say at all. So, I think on a podcast, get that guy rolling, get some wings in him. I think it'd be a good time. So, every time he speaks, it's powerful. Like, he's, he's damn near screaming <laughs> every time. He's making a <laughs> statement known every time he talks. Well, Liana, we want him. To, to bounce off, actually, two different points. I have two people here. So first one, if we want food on the podcast, um, I'm going to invite Paul Blart's mom, get her to make her famous Sloppy Joes. Um, just, just I think, you know, get everybody in a good mood. I'm sure she could share, share some great stories about uh, Paul Blart growing up and, and all the antics that, that ensued there. And then the second thing, you, you want to talk to Leon for all the gossip. And I want to talk to his daughter but i want to talk to the actress who plays his daughter rainy rodriguez because notably she's a former disney channel star i want to get all the you know the the disney channel gossip i want to hear what was going on and ask austin alley behind the scenes at disney channel who was doing coke in the bathroom but that we got to get rainy on to to, to spread the hot goss what was her in uh austin were they fucking like let, let's get to get to the uh the deep stuff so the main question is, who was doing coke on, on the set of Boston and Alley? <laughs> I mean, and about her, her and Ross Lynch's, you know, hidden relationship. That's that's you know much speculated about. Um, she can tell us what it's like for her brother to to also you know be famous as well. You know, Manny. Yeah, what what's his uh, real name? Something Rico. Rico. Shout out Rico. I, I think I like Rico a little bit more than this. It's a whole different route. One went to ABC and one went to Disney Channel. True. True. Right. Same company. Honestly, I don't. What was she on? I don't. Austin and Alley. It was. It was. I didn't uh, really watch it. It was kind of at the end of as we, I was probably phasing out of this. There's the Zach and Cody. Zach, the Zach and Cody generation, wasn't it? It was right on the brink, like the Good Luck Charlie and the shit like that. Yeah, it was. It was, it was near the end. It, it's. It's got Ross Lynch. He, yeah. Oh yeah, he played Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And I keep a lot of things about that new Jeffrey Dahmer. I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen a lot almost all american horror stories with evan peters so i believe it's good but I'm i've heard not. i've heard good things i've heard it's a hard watch for sure oh i don't yeah. watch it yet because everybody's watching i'm gonna wait till everyone stops watching i still haven't seen tiger king just because it was too controversial <laughs> for me to I seen watch it like i just i was like i'm not gonna be part of this i'm like i'm kind of glad i wasn't because it almost seems somewhat just just it, incompetent. Like, it's it's just, really not worth watching. Florida <laughs> and just someone wanted to make some money off of them, you know? Yeah. The whole murder mystery bullshit that's attached to it, but I, that's a dime a dozen these days. You know? <laughs> very true. Very true. And, and I mean, even that, they tried to make us like they made a season two out of it. And they tried making a movie. They, they did. Well, they did like a Hulu TV show with the <laughs> Kate McKinnon, I think, playing him. They, strange stuff. Uh, not really a guy that needs to be spotlighted any more than the other. And played uh the, played the lady that he tried to kill. Because she yeah, kept Carol Baskin. Her, she kept making fun of her on SNL. So then they actually, yeah. actually I don't think she played Tiger, Tiger Joe Tiger or whatever. I think she played Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the Tiger guy. But anyway. okay. Sorry, John Cameron Mitchell played Joe Exotic. She played Carol Baskin. Okay, that's why. <laughs> if she played Joe Exotic, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I'm kind of the same way, actually. Where, um, like, I didn't watch Stranger Things until like a year until it came out. So maybe this is my uh, my time to watch Tiger King with you, Ben. Maybe we should check it out. I think we have a lot to say. 
But next time you're on the pod, you'll you'll have to report back on on Tiger King. Let's let's move on to about the Jeffrey Dahmer though, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait. I don't want to watch it. But thank you for giving me your input. Well, and you know they've made like they've made so. I mean, like you said, Rox Lynch played Jeffrey Dahmer before. Like they've made so many Jeffrey Dahmers. They've made a bunch of Ted Bundy. Not that good. Yeah, and I think the Ted Bundy. I think he's taking it off from Paul Blart at this point. But Efron, no, Zac Efron is not Ted Bundy. (laughs) Don't do that. It's fucking. That's not it. It's not what should happen. Another Disney. Another Disney Channel star <laughs> turned killer. He could have been a fucking good Ted Bundy, I think. But I like that. It's a good pick. All right, let's fight. Who do we want to fight? A little bit, but I mean that could have been okay. He was too skinny. But yeah, that's true. I'm fighting Chief Brooks, man. Oh, okay. A friendly fight. It wouldn't be an evil one, but I'd just put some gloves on. Wrestle him a little bit. On, I'd be like, come on, old man, let's go. And he wouldn't want to do it, and I'd just be a bottle deep. But I mean, like, I just keep giving him little ones. And then finally, I think Chief Brooks would give me what he actually had. You know? Oh, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd come swinging. Because he was a legend in his day. He just He's just chilling now. But I think he's an underlying fellow. Hero of the movie. Yeah, he's like oh, a yeah. good, nice old guy, but I bet he was a badass back in the 60s. He took the critical shot, the winning shot. He's been in a lot of films, too, the guy that played him. War of the Worlds, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, like, there's just no stopping this guy. Flight. I'm just looking <laughs> things off IMBD, but, I mean. That, that might be the best IMDb of anybody in this cast, if I'm being honest. Like, those are pretty decent. The old guy has been in a lot of great films. Yeah, 103 acting credits. He's been around the block. Also, I, I think you could take him, so that's a good pick. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to beat him. I just want to piss him off a little bit because he's too happy the whole time. I just want to get him mad. You know? I went with a com- completely different direction on who I want to fight. I actually want to fight his mom. Um, <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> for the record, I think I could also take. But the main reason I want to fight her, it's for how she set up his uh, dating profile. I think her putting that video of him on the Segway is doing him absolutely no favors. And um, I don't think she knows what she's doing. So I, I, I want to fight her, get her off that, you know. Give, give me more mellow, you know, Paul Blart. You know, they say ignorance is And I, I think his mother lives in ignorance that Paul Blart is. When he get a participation ribbon, oh, that was on the fridge. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, you know, Cody, this, this might say more about me than anything, but uh, Mina and I were watching this movie together, and she said, hey, if I saw that a video of a dude doing six segue tricks like that, I'd, I'd definitely be swiping right. So I don't know, Cody. It, it might be what the ladies want, or it, it might just be what, what my girlfriend wants. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'm getting you a segue for Christmas, Garvin. You have to put an investment plan on that. That's a pretty penny. <laughs> on layaway, huh? <laughs> Cody's a good friend. He'd, he'd do I, that for me. I miss the Kmart layaway. It just doesn't exist anymore. I can tell you that. Rip. I mean, I let's go for the biggest asshole of them. Give me pin salesman, Camry boy. Like, what are we talking about? He's initial one, but I mean, <laughs> I know it's, it's obvious, but like, he's he's the douche, like, he's he's the worst guy. Like, every time his face is so punchable, I, I don't I, think I could fight him because I think I killed him. I think, I, I think I'd have to get drug off. You'd go I too far. I don't like him. It's just he just he's so. He doesn't get that nobody likes him. And he's just so confident in himself. You know, you're like, you have a background of hating someone like that. It's going to be hard 
to keep yourself emotionally controlled. You know what, Ben? That's that's really smart, actually. You you got to pick your battles, and you can't fight the people that you actually want to fight because you like have to be able to. pins. That even pisses you off even more. Like even just watching it, people are getting mad. <laughs> it's very true. And then, of course, when they're hostages, he she he gives up that she has the phone, which is just a a terrible <laughs> move. What a what a loser. I don't know yeah, if I can get a pussy on here, but yeah, he's just he's just a giant pussy, man. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> that's, um, how, that's how my friend is, man. They care they character profile him perfectly. He thinks he's hot shit and then he gives up as soon as there's some type of danger. But, you get a gun in your face and oh hey, she's the one with the phone. When like really he didn't know that anything was up. He was just being like kind of antsy, but whatever. Let's move on. I feel like this is kind of an obvious one, but let's move on to night uh cody who do you want to knight i'm gonna knight maybe this is obvious i'm gonna knight paul blart but for the very specific reason of not taking a promotion even though like security guards make no money (laughs) he's making absolutely nothing and they're like hey you know you can be a cop now he's like no i'm gonna stay in the mall and continue to make more money just because i have a girlfriend um you know i know the saying is you know more money more problems but you know paulie i think you need to work your way up you will get knighted for, for a noble cause, though. Ben, what do you think? I want to knight the lady that kicked Paul's ass. <laughs> and Victoria's Secret. <laughs> she stood up for herself when he started trying to give a little advice, but he got a little, he, he reached the limit a little bit too much. She said, that's enough. And she made him hold the earrings as she kicked him. <laughs> that, is a, that is a badass move. Here, hold these. I want her on my side, you know, like, like if we're friends and someone like crosses me, you know, she's going to be in my corner. You know, she's going to have me hold the earrings and she's going to fucking kick the shit out of someone else. for me. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a really good pick. She is someone that you, you definitely want to be on her side and not the other side of it. Like who even is she, you know, like maybe she just, they said, Hey, would you like to beat the shit out of Kevin James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? And she's, Some random woman. It had to be. I, I'm going to be basic, and I, I do love the pick of the Victoria's Secret woman, um, so m- maybe I'll steal that as well, but I, I got to go Paul Blart. I mean, the dude's a hero. Cody, like you said, he doesn't take the promotion. He doesn't fall into the, the copaganda. He doesn't, he doesn't get uh, sucked into the vortex, and he stands up. He's, he's going to protect the mall. He's going to be a true American hero. Something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Let's uh, move on to the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Ben, why don't you get us started? Who, who do you want to replace in this movie? VJ, the phone salesman. It would have been better if it was Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I think most things would be better if they were Morgan Freeman. But Just the wisdom <laughs> that's given when Paul comes to him for advice. This is Morgan Freeman. And instead of Kevin James's actual stepbrother or brother, Gary Valentine, pick Ted Nugent to sing. You know, okay. just hanging out. But the best one, if Ben Foster would have played the bad, would have played the bad guy instead of X Sims. You know, Ben Foster, controversial guy, hell or high water. Just this fucking uh, let me see what else he's in. I can't think of who it was. He's really good. Freaking Yuma. Motherfucker. But he's a great actor. He's in the Survivor. I don't know. Leave no trace. He plays that dick really well too. So I think it's a villain that'd be good. Yeah. I think if he would have been the bad guy, it would have been it would have made more money. Yeah, those are all great picks. I 100 percent back Morgan Freeman. Uh, put him in Kevin James' role, honestly, and I'd be fine with it. If Adam but, Sandler uh, was friends with Morgan Freeman, it might have yeah. it might have been in one of them. You know? 
how amazing would life be if Adam Sandler was friends with Morgan Freeman? But uh, maybe one day we'll get there. And uh, speaking of Garden of Eden, if that happened, I don't, I don't think it's going to come true. And speaking of Adam Sandler, I wanted to replace uh, Beck, the villain. And uh, for his replacement, I wanted uh, the specific villain, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Christopher McDonald, I believe his name is. Maybe that's not right. No, it's, it's Christopher something. But anyway. Evan McPherson? Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Evan, yeah. Evan McPherson. Uh, shout out Bengals. But uh, Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore, I think, is the best Adam Sandler, you know, villain of all time. So kind of just translating that directly to this movie. So I think that's its biggest weakness. I think that helped with that a lot. I yeah. wish he was a cameo more in some of these Happy Madison productions because he hasn't been in anything. Maybe he just wants to be Shooter McGavin forever. But I Possibly. feel like he could appear in some things as Shooter McGavin. Yeah, honestly, like just translate that character into every Adam Sandler. Yeah, even Chubb showed up. Chubb showed up <laughs> in Little Nicky. Like he was in it, you know. True, true. And, and, but yeah, and then my other one, I did want to just play around with uh, taking Kevin James out, and uh, I wanted to move eras as well and move this back a couple decades. So I actually wanted Sylvester Stallone to take over this role. Um, maybe a little bit less comedy if this was produced like around the Stallone era and more of just like a shoot him up, you know, mall movie, which is kind of something I would So just die hard, but with, yeah. with sli- <laughs> that would have made the American value of it seem less friendly and more more violent. <laughs> like people would have been afraid of mall cops. If that True. True. But it, <laughs> but it's the eighties and nobody cares. So uh, no, you're right. yeah if it was in the 80s, that'd be fucking good. It's like well, I mean, Rambo, First Blood, he's just, he's just hungry, you know? And they just, they, they somehow piss him off and turn on yeah. his PTSD and he just loses his shit. All these, all these local yuckles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if we were to set this, this isn't my pick, but if we were going to set it in the 90s, I think it's obvious that Chris Farley would probably take on this role. It's, you know, very fitting. Um, if we're talking to Sylvester Stallone, I'm picking Wesley Snipes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> a little blade action. Give him a katana. Throw, throw Wesley Snipes on it. It's a respectable pick. All right. So, you know, you kind of bring up the, the happy Madison, Cody. And I, let's just do it. Let's do the full Adam Sandler crew in this movie. So I've got all, all four Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade, Rod Schneider. I'll stick them in different roles. And you, you guys can tell me if you disagree. So I think of those four, I'm going to put David Spade as Vec, as the villain. Uh, I think I considered that. that that's yeah. probably the best. I, I think of those four. It's the Adam Sandler is the villain. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so I want, but I want Adam Sandler to play Commander Kent, the SWAT guy, who is oh, the God. real villain at the end of the movie. Okay. So that's right. that's the turn. You know, he's lovable, and then oh wait, he's actually the, the bad guy. <laughs> we, we, I'm gonna have Chris Rock play Sergeant Howard, who's the original cop who's like there on the scene and is, is kind of just around he gets his gun taken from him i don't know chris rock would probably be better in the role than that guy is he's, he's a funny him guy. or chief brooks chris rock would be a good chief. yeah I, my, my biggest I struggle is just like on type thing you know my big struggle is just like does chief brooks need to be older than everybody else maybe but i i did consider throwing him in in that role as well and then finally, where do we stick Rob Schneider? And I think we go pin guy for Rob Schneider because Rob Schneider, all-time creep, pin guy, all-time creep. Put him in there and uh, he, can pl- he can play a weird pin guy. That's a good guess. Or even he, 
I think he gets his own character. I don't even think you. I don't even think you recast him. I think you make a character for Rob Schneider at this point. Just playing himself, yeah. dude, just being a weirdo. Like a combination of him being the food delivery guy. He could just be another hostage. <laughs> he's just yeah. He's just a new guy. He takes the place of VJ, but he doesn't sell. He doesn't sell phones. He sells like euros. Like he's just, <laughs> or like all about corn. And he only sells corn on the cob with different toppings. <laughs> something. Something real Rob Schneider, you know, out of the box, out of the pocket. But I like that. I love that. Yeah, I like that a lot. This movie's just writing itself. We should just rewrite a script for this movie. All Black 3. I got Happy Madison for you at some point. I'm not going to say it on here. I don't want someone to take it. But True. Working at a golf course, I feel like I've fueled the new Caddyshack almost in some way. Oh, that'd be hey. sick. I'd watch that. It's fucked up. I'm just going to start writing it. Well, as we've come to the end of our Paul Blart conversation it's time to rate the movie you're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that i'm wrong am i wrong and of course it's our 69th episode and we're rating the movie on a scale of one to 69 cody where do you place this film on your scale oh man gonna start me up you know um i think in general it's hard to rate movies i don't know where i put this i'm gonna put it i believe at 20 out of 69 uh you know not great Maybe I'm sticking it pretty well, though. And uh, shout out. This is a great movie for a 69th episode. But, uh, you know, 20 is probably in the right direction, right? So, decent. All right. I'll, I'll hop in, and I'm going to give it a 35, which <laughs> a lot higher than you, Cody. And I, that's, I was really surprised at the end of this movie that I, yeah. I did enjoy it more. And, hey, that's higher than I rated Grown Ups. So. Despicable. Absolutely despicable. <laughs> ben, what do you, you want to give this movie out of 69? If I have to be a grown-up, I'm going to give it a 33 for Larry Bird. But if I want to be a child, I'm giving it 69. Hey, there we go. I respect it. We'll, we'll, we'll add the asterisk next to it for both. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Paul Blart Mall Cop, guys? I'd say great flick overall. Honestly, he's a great pick for, for Ben, and I appreciate you coming on. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's funny enough, like, I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. So, shout out, Paul. It's one of those movies that if I want to be doing something while I'm watching it, I can just turn it on at any time. Any if like I want to like I don't know, eat something I like and then want to watch something I like, it's one that I can turn on. It's just it provides comfort and entertainment, and that's not necessarily what you always want out of a film, but that's how I look at it. It's one that I can always feel familiar with, and a lot of Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell movies do that for me. So like if I mean, everyone has TV all the time on, you know, but like if I don't want to watch it, I just want it on and like maybe look at it every now and then, like listening to music. That's it's one of the ones I'm going to pick. But if it's it's one of the top ones, I'm going to pick at the same time because I could still watch it. If I watch it four times in a row. Yeah, it's going to be boring. But like if I watch it once every few months, I'm still going to fucking like it because it's, it's good. It's good background. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, I, he's better in that than he is in King of Queens. Is what I is what I think. What about Here Comes the Boom? No, oh, I like that movie. I don't like that one. <laughs> I actually really like that movie. Well, uh, Henry Winkler too. Oh, great flag. I love Henry Winkler, but yeah, I can't. <laughs> Here comes. I tried watching his uh, sitcom on Netflix about the NASCAR stuff, and I couldn't get into it. <laughs> it's just he's he's a. I think he's a completely different character in Paul Blart than he is in anything else. He always plays yeah, he the kind of guy, but he takes it to a different level with the mustache. I think it's just the mustache, I'm going to be honest. That's true. 
iconic mustache. All right, we'll move on to our next category, which is called Defeat the Watch List. So for this, uh, I've been to, you know, I have a giant watch list, about a thousand movies. And every week when we do a movie episode, I get assigned a movie to watch and then I'll report back on it. So the movie that I was assigned for our last movie episode was Big Trouble in Little China. Have, have you seen that one, Ben? With Kurt Russell? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Cody, have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? I... Oh, yeah. Uh, cult classic and uh, a really, really fun movie, I think. Good one. I So I, I got to be honest, I did not really like know anything about this going in. And I think that was probably the best yeah. way to watch it. But I was yeah. like, what the fuck is happening the <laughs> entire time? Because the premise is just so out of left field is that a john carpenter film it is yeah john carpenter 1986 um and i gotta say i actually really enjoyed it I, for the first half i was like I, i'm not really vibing with this i'm not sure where it's going but i thought the effects were really great uh obviously it's john carpenter like you said so like it's no surprise that he teamed up with a good team to make great practical effects you know we've seen it in the thing halloween like time and time again he does great work but also like some of the visual effects stuff there's some like lightning that's you know clearly done in post that looks really good for 1986 like maybe better than some stuff i see in 2022 so got to give shouts to that um kurt russell's acting in this movie is fucking god awful he's like he's never well, even he been a in a movie he was a professional baseball player at one point so you have to give him credit well like he's good in other stuff though but like in this i think he's really trying to like play it up and he's he's like this bumbling idiot and that's the whole point but like his line deliveries are it's like you've never been he's never been in a movie before it, it, it's truly confusing in terms of john carpenter's attempt in this movie is to kind of take the traditional almost whether not necessarily white savior but white interloper movie and kind of turn it on his head where whether it's instead of like this heroic white character that comes into this community he's, he's like this bumbling idiot who gets knocked out in fights and the you know the asian side character is the one who actually does all the fighting and saves the day um i don't i think at points it's successful in doing that but at the same time like it is still just like kurt russell's your hero at the end of the movie so i, I think you kind of fail a little bit in in kind of trying to put that spin on it, but it definitely is different than a lot of stuff you would see in the 80s. Yeah, some of the things probably wouldn't happen again, but I don't think it's like terribly problematic or, or racist in any way necessarily. But um, interesting movie, cool effects, and just know as little as possible if you're going to go watch it, is what I would say. That's what I would say too. It's, it's just kind of a weird movie. It's really niche, I think, to, to a specific audience. And it's a lot different from a lot of other Carpenter stuff as well. But um I really like it. It's kind of just like one of those weird ones where you either really like it or you really don't, I think. But uh, I definitely give it a chance and check it out. It, it's a lot of fun. Kurt Russell sucks. <laughs> okay. It was backwards. I was like trying to read what that said. Um, so, now, right. so now, Ben, you get to help pick what the next movie is going to be. So uh, basically, this soft, the using Letterbox, we can if you want to pick a year and a genre, then we kind of shuffle and get a couple movies and you can choose between them. So what, what year are you thinking? I have two movies. Oh, you just have movies you want to throw. Okay. Or do you, you want me to do your well, if, if I haven't seen them, that's the only caveat. It's got to be stuff I haven't seen. I'll give you the two then. All right. What are they? Miss A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, 2019, Mr. Rogers. Okay. Tom Hanks, Matthew Rias, Chris Cooper. Okay. I haven't seen it. You need to watch it. It's, it's... Okay, so is that 
Is that going to be your one? I, I want that one to be the one, but the second one was The Music Man, directed by Morton Da Costa in 1962. And it is a very strange film, but I'm going to let you pick which one you want. They both have this theme of this nice guy that comes to help people. But at some point, if you watch it and you start looking at it in today's world, you start thinking, okay, how fucked up actually is this or how nice actually are they? And that's, that's the whole theme that I'm, that I'm going off of on these two. Here's what we'll do. I'll, I'll do Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood because I'm just feeling that one right now. But I am going to add the music man to the list. Absolutely. So it is possible that it'll uh, come up at a later Day date. in the Neighborhood's on YouTube TV. And All right. There we go. So I will watch that and then uh, report back in the next one uh, with my thoughts on that. But I, I kind of want to change my movie for you since it's spooky season. Okay. <laughs> we'll bring it back. I All right. Found, this, is, this is the one. John Carpenter's Vampires, 1998. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's, that is more yeah, thematic that, for, that for is the a, time. That is a good, it's not good, but it's good enough to watch and understand James Woods as a vampire hunter. That's 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 what you need to see. It's fitting. It's fitting. And then, focus too, but I mean, I <laughs> me to watch. I've heard bad things. I'm I'm not gonna watch. <laughs> that. Focus, focus one. I I think focus, focus two is not. I mean, they waited too long to create a second one. But and next we can move on to we have a pod rhythm. So for this, we just draw a card, and I actually have a new set of cards with more oh. modern movies and updated expansion pack Ooh. to the blockbuster game. We so like that. basically I'm going to draw a card and Ben, you get 30 seconds to give your hot take. That's it. And then we move on. We go about our day. So yeah. I'm going to shuffle these up and the movie, the new inaugural movie is going to be finding Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible movie. Uh, we'll let you go first, Ben. 30 seconds on the clock. Finding Dory. Not close to finding Nemo. Dory just has a problem. And I don't know if I remember seeing Bruce in it. That's all I have. I like Bruce. I like seeing Bruce. I don't remember if he's in it or not. If I don't remember, then I guess he, he didn't have a noticeable opinion in the film. And I watched it, half of it the way through, and I like the whale. That, that, that's all I have. Nice. All right, Cody. I don't believe Bruce is in it. He wasn't my pick for uh, best or uh, movie movie fighting character. Whatever, go vote for Bruce. But uh, this movie, I don't, I don't know. I think Pixar and sequels, it, it doesn't go very well. And you know, I did watch the movie a while ago. I don't remember most of it. I know the ending is like a car chase, and they're all like aquatic animals, so it doesn't make too much sense. But uh, I think there's like an octopus and, you know, he's cool or whatever. So I'll give it a pass just because it's Pixar, but I, I'm not a big fan. All right. Um, well, let's see. The thing I want to say, I can't say on the pod. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'll just cut it out. But um, okay, so I think I've only seen this movie one time. Team Bruce. Shout out Team <laughs> Bruce. No, I mean, Ellen, Ge- fish are friends, not food. Ellen DeGeneres, you know, not. Uh, not a great person from from what I hear. So uh, kind of rude to the the people that work around her. So Dory, we don't like you. And uh, mid character. Yeah, Ellen's canceled. So Dory must be canceled too. Actually, so, that is true. <laughs> All right, and then finally, our last category is recommendations. I drink your milkshake. 
I drink it up. What have we been into? What do you want to tell the people about? Ben, what, what do you got for us? What, what do you want to recommend? I have one. No, I have two. Vikings. If you already watched it, just watch it again. It's, it's beautiful. Just Vikings. Is that where, – where can people watch that? It is on Peacock. On Peacock. Okay. Nice. Actually, funny enough, I actually just got Peacock. Um, yeah, I've been it. watching uh, that 70s show for Peacock. But, uh, and I just finished a couple TV shows, so I was looking for something to watch. So maybe I'll check that out. But I, uh, I was watching The Middle, too. But The Middle is, like, from Indiana. Holy shit, they encapsulate Indiana just throughout yeah. that entire show. <laughs> And they throw in a lot of controversial things without even making attention to it. No, I do like that show as well. Tyler Stewart's um, Angel Band, uh, his music video throws a lot of that controversial stuff in it. But he doesn't make it noticeable. He just he's just everyone's everyone and he just enjoys it. But the last one I have is American Dad, and I'll always promote that over Family Guy. And that's that's all I have. I respect the conviction. Thank you. Cody, what do you got for the people? Yeah, not not too much this week. Um, the big one that I have still been binging is, is the Mandalorian. I believe I'm pretty close to the season one finale, but it, it's been okay so far. I, I've you know enjoyed it for what it is, but uh, yeah, not, not too much really. Like I said, that '70s show it's a classic. I finally finished Seinfeld, and um, I actually just skipped over the finale. So I didn't really want to watch it. It's really bad. But, uh, yeah. I just want to try the soup Nazi soup. I want to see if it was really worth getting kicked out for a month, for a year or not. <laughs> oh, it was, definitely, it was definitely worth it. Crab bit. Uh, I mean, George. Just ministry. Bread. No bread. Come back one year, you know, like. It's... <laughs> no bread. No soup. no soup for you. Great episode. Great episode. And, uh, you know, I might just watch Seinfeld again if I'm being honest because I'm kind of bored. <laughs> <laughs> that's all my recs for what, what, what do you got a rec a uh, couple movies I, I did check out um first one is bros the uh oh god why can't i think billy, <laughs> billy eichner. eichner the new billy eichner film um also the the guy who directed it did you know super bad you know various other comedies over the last couple of years pretty good i i don't think i've nicholas stoller is his name the director i honestly don't think i've laughed that much at like a new release that's come out so like shout out to that for just like an actual funny movie coming out in theaters i know we kind of talked about it here that you know they don't make comedies as much anymore we do see some rom-coms but obviously this is different being like a gay relationship i didn't think it was funny um billy Eichner is pretty good in it i think the first half i was kind of like what is he doing is he like his acting is not but then he kind of he figures things out um and it's just a fun watch and and, and pretty enjoyable and it's great gets me going hey and the the thing, maybe like my biggest complaint, and this is like a tough complaint to have for a comedy, is like the joke ratio is almost too high, where it's like everything Billy Eichner says is like a one-liner or like a funny metaphor or a quip. And it's like he is a very funny guy and he he's very witty, but it's just like your your joke per minute is like so high. I don't think any person is like this funny without being pre-written. I think he's, he's Evan Peters, but more annoying almost interesting <laughs> a little bit funnier but i don't think he's that funny i think he's more annoying than he is funny and that creates- i think it's i think his humor toes that line between the two and i think that's part he's of the aggressive. appeal yeah yeah he's very very he's abrasive like, uh, a guy in the 90s that would just scream and that would be sam sam ken 
Kinnison or De- you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the, uh, well, I think that's his name. He just started yelling and screaming, and that was that was his comedy routine. Um, the other thing that I did see in theaters was Amsterdam, and I I regret to inform you guys, it's bad. It's not yeah. a good movie. I've I, heard really bad things about it too. Yeah, that sucks. <sighs> it's got a it's got a lot of great. It, it's got an amazing cast, maybe one of the best casts like assembled in the last like 20 years 2009 miami heat right or yeah exactly. i mean exactly except, <laughs> except i think the failure is they don't have pat riley at the helm to kind of direct things i think david russell fails a little bit uh no not pat riley i know yeah pat riley was the coach oh, it was eric spolstra you you're talking oh, in 2009 miami heat was shaquille o'neal and the way there you go he was the director of basketball yeah, operations right. i mean i think we've lost that generation baseball guy not a basketball guy <laughs> that's my excuse <laughs> but no you're 100 right like it's got all these great pieces it's got a director who has been oscar nominated many times it's got a good cinematographer but it just like doesn't fit together it's it was very co- taylor swift so. yeah it's got taylor swift um it it's a movie that was very clearly chopped together and pieced together in the edit room there's a lot of adr a lot of like uh, newspaper headlines that'll pop up to explain like it's just something wasn't working and they had to like oh we're gonna pivot and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to just see what i (laughs) what the movie is really about is kind of like doesn't pop up into the last hour and i i I, thought it was like knives out but well that's the thing if it's like, two things like that if it was just a movie about a murder mystery then it would be better and if it was just a movie about the other thing that i don't want to spoil it would be better but they like try and balance between the two things and just to to say like it's very clearly like a movie it's like patrick mahomes as a quarterback is just too much you know you, <laughs> you either throw it or you run it i mean you have both and then people start getting mad yeah i get what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah sure and i mean like at the end of the like the message of the movie like it's it's clearly dealing with a, it was made in you know the the last few years of Donald Trump and it's got this like fascism is bad idea and like that's kind of like the general plot of it but it's very half-baked and it's not like it because it's set like right leading up to the events of World War II I'll say and it, it deals with a lot of things that were happening oh, across wow. the world they talk uh, about why Germany's in debt and it's just you know, well no that's that. again not to like spoil too much of the movie it it like doesn't even address like those real actual reasons facts. of why it's actual history is like, yeah, yeah like it, no, it doesn't go enough if it had focused more on that kind of stuff i think it'd be more mentioned I, it's subsurface like a marvel film almost yeah, like, yeah it, it's, it's very happy flash it, and glamour almost it's very akin to a movie i've talked about earlier that i saw don't worry darling the harry styles florence p1 it's like it's got this big idea of like oh feminism but it's like an archaic view of like what like it's not even what modern feminism yeah, is. And it's, make a bond is what you're saying. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it's just like it's almost like you're thinking the audience is stupid. Like, have some deeper thought. Half the time, half the, time the audience is, but true, true. I, I think I, I remember learning that movies were going to change the world, and I think we've gotten to the point to where they've it's starting to starting to filter out. I'm not going to say too much on your podcast, but. <laughs> well fair enough ben what's variety now man that's what i'm getting at but i hear you i hear you it's been it's been a pleasure to have you on uh thank you so much it this has been a great episode and this will not be the last time we'll we'll have you back again i'd love to come back Uh, i hope i can come back we'll see what else we got in it maybe we'll make it a make it a horror film next time i could do one of those i like it
Thank you, listeners. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Peace. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.